Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Welcome once again to our six-year anniversary service. Please put your hands together and thank God for six years of ministry. Six years is very interesting. If you're watching online, I just want to say thank you very much for watching. It means the world to us that you would watch our services. Many people watch live and then all over the world. It means so much to us that you would do that. And I would also say if you're ever in Texas, in the Bryan College Station area, we'd invite you to come out and experience a New Heights Church service live. I promise you, we'll make you feel right at home. Praise the Lord. Six years. Six years is very interesting because uh, like a kid, if you have children, you, you, you know what I'm about to say. When a kid turns five, they're only five for like five minutes. And then they are almost six. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they say, how old are you? You say, well, I'm five. And then as soon as they, their birthday goes away, they're like, I'm five and a half. I'm like, no, like you're five and five minutes. Praise the Lord. But they, they always are looking forward to what their next thing is going to be. It's just the way kids are. The Bible says that God always begins in darkness. What I mean by that is he always pursues the one sheep that gets away from the 99. He'll go out into the darkness bearing a light to find and rescue that which was far from him. Many of you were in darkness. Matter of fact, all of us were in darkness before we came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. But God brings light into our situation. Somebody say amen to that. The book of Genesis chapter number 1, if you have it turned there, Genesis 1 and 1, all the way to the left of your Bible. The scripture says, in the beginning God created the heaven and earth. Somebody say created. In the beginning God created. That's why you're not satisfied sitting on your pockets all the time. You were made in his likeness and in his image to create things. That's why whenever you get married, you start thinking about having kids. I just want to create something. Praise the Lord. That's why when you buy a new house, you think, well, I think I'll make this wall here, a cross wall. We'll put a bunch of crosses. You want to create something. That's why at work, whenever there's a problem and, 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 and you're a welder, you start thinking about all the creative ways to fix that. You are, everybody in their own right is a creative being because you're in the image and likeness of God. Somebody say amen. So you are a creative entity. That's why you'll never be satisfied until you're actually creating something in your life. You have, to be, you have to be in a place or a state or a frame of mind where you're constantly trying to pursue something that is in front of you or create something that's in front of you because that's how God is. Verse 2, the earth was without form and void and darkness, somebody say darkness. Darkness was on the face of the deep. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and God said, let there be light and there was light, praise the Lord. God saw the light, that it was good and he divided the light from the darkness, verse 5, and God called the light day and the darkness he called night And the, listen to this, the evening and the morning were the first day. 
We act like a day starts in the morning, but God says the evening was the beginning of the day. Now, Hebrew uh, uh, background people and Jewish people, they understand this very strongly. Friday evening when the sun goes down is the beginning of the Sabbath. Saturday evening when the sun goes down is the end of the Sabbath. So literally, uh, uh, what God established is the evening as the beginning of a thing. In other words, darkness is the beginning. Does that make sense? But then God begins to bring light. Somebody say light. Our church started six years ago. Matter of fact, we founded in our official service was uh, in September of 2012. The last weekend of the month was our first official service. The church started a long time before that with an idea in Crystal and I's heart while we were praying, and the Lord began to direct us to the Brazos Valley. In July of 2012, uh, we went and we found uh, a place and, and we're believing God, and what we did is uh, we found a, a, a place that had a sign on the door, and it said, it said church for rent. And, and I went there in July, and I talked to the guy who was responsible for it. I said, I'm gonna, I want to rent your building. He said, well, I'll only do uh, like a long-term lease. I said, well, it's three years long enough. He said, yeah, three years is long enough. I said, okay, praise the Lord. I said, I want to rent this building for three years. He said, how big is your church? This was July 2012. Our first service was going to be September 2012. I said, five. He said, five what? I said, five people. And the youngest one is like, what, nine months old. Because that was everybody in my family. And I was just believing God that my family would join the church. You know what I'm saying? So I said, I said, five. He goes, so you want to, you want to, you know, rent this? He said, I'm going to need some money down. I pulled out my checkbook. I said, how much you want? He said, you're fixing to, to do this right now? I said, yeah. I said, and I'll have a contract for you by the end of tomorrow. He said, no, I can put a contract together. I said, I'm sure you can, but it's not going to say what mine says. <laughs> they were looking for Jesus one time. Jesus was in the temple. And his mom said, I was worried sick. He said, you should have known I'd have been about my father's business. I've been in business ever since I was an adult. Actually, before that, my parents taught me how to start businesses and projects and make money. So I've never been a babe in the woods when it comes to business. Um, but So I put together a contract, or actually we worked together and put something together that was very reasonable. I said, absolutely. I said, I wrote him a check on the spot to hold it. I said, I said you, can, you can make sure. Don't rent it out to anybody else. He said, okay, praise the Lord. So September uh, uh, rolls around, and we have our, our very first service. And matter of fact, Pastor Matthew sent me an audio recording uh, of our very first service, and, and there was a segment in it where I'm sitting there talking, where I'm five minutes into the whole church, and I said, I just want everybody to know, this is September 2012, this is not going to be a run-of-the-mill church, this is going to be a great church. Somebody give God a hand of praise. Now I'm speaking to a room that's got about 11 people in it, five of them are related to me, and six of them drove in from out of town to be nice. I want everybody to know. God's going to do something in our church. I'm just prophesying, believing God. Just This is September 2012. So the Bible says on the first day, somebody say first day. God said, let there be light. 
The first year of our church, September 2012 to September 2013, the only thing we had was the light of the Word of God. But there's a great song. Many people don't sing it because it's kind of old and kind of folky, folksy. I guess that's the way to say it. It's, it only takes a spark to get a fire going. So we just believe in the name of Jesus Christ. We were believing in the name of Jesus Christ that he was going to do exactly what he said he would do. We were believing in the name of Jesus Christ that he was going to exceed our expectations. And our first year, I would say, was probably defined by that, a spark. Somebody say spark. The second year comes, 2013, uh, September 2013 to September 2014. On the second day, you can read all this in the book of Genesis chapter number 1, but on the second day, the Bible says that God divided the sky and the sea. It was in that time that, that we began to see a division or a calling out from among them, a separating. You see, God will begin to develop sometimes sometimes you're looking for your tribe and the reality is is your tribe doesn't exist is because you're called to start it like you can get around like your family members and stuff and you're like how come everybody's backbiting and everybody's just mean and stuff like that i just wish i had some family that i could go to that'd be like that no that's not it you're just supposed to be that family and invite them to your house now you control the environment you set the thermos. Ever go to somebody's house and they, they're, they're like really trying to save money on the electric bill so they keep it like 80 and you walk in, you're like, ha-ha, woo, glory to God, yeah. What's for, what's for lunch? Oh, super hot gumbo, great. That's just going to be wonderful. No, when you're at your house, you get to set the thermostat. You come to my house, my thermostat's going to be on 68, praise the Lord. And all the men said amen and all the women said, get me a blanket, hon. Sometimes you're not called to, 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 to walk into another tribe. Sometimes you're called to create it. And I felt a separating or a, or a, or a segmenting. And, and I, I just knew God was calling us to something special. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. Then all of a sudden we outgrew that and we moved to the movie theater. And that's whenever things really began to get kind of different because there's not many churches at that time. Now it's a little bit more popular that go into like a movie theater. And even like in my own mind, I'm like, man, this is kind of weird, you know? Walking in smelling like popcorn, praise God. Walking across the, the aisle and you're like, the floor's all sticky, you know? And I'd be preaching and all of a sudden everybody would get like super excited. I'm like, boy, I'm preaching now. I'd start leaning in. I'd look back and I'd realize there was a preview playing behind me on the screen. And then Pastor Crystal was, was, was running Kids Church, and they had a different theater. They were running Kids Church in over there. And then there was a movie that came out called The Fifty, the 50 Shades of, of Grey. The Fifty Shades of Grey. And, and all of a sudden, they're sitting in there, and, and the, the preview screen comes on behind, and it's in the Kids Church, and it says The Fifty Shades of Grey. And Crystal said, oh, my God, put your face in the carpet. She runs them all out like little ducks. Get out of here. The devil's in that room. It was different. It was a different season. It was a different time. It was a separating. That was the year between September 2013 to September 2014. It was the second year of our church. Then we ran into the third year of our church, 2014 to 2015. Somebody say three. Three is an interesting day in the Bible because in the book of Genesis chapter number one, the third day is when God divided the land 
and the vegetation. This is very interesting because we were in our uh, uh, first place for almost two years. Then we spent uh, about a year in the, in the movie theater. And then all of a sudden, God began to put in my spirit that it was time for us to buy some land. And I was like, well, praise the Lord. Let's do it. And I was thinking, since we're going to need some land, God's probably going to send a whole bunch of money in. Then we can buy some land. It's not how it went. <laughs> God began to get me to look around. I've been looking around for years. We're looking around. And all of a sudden, he takes me to 8125 Turkey Creek Road, which is where you sit right now. And, and, and I, I said, I said, man, that's nice. He said, but that's $2 million. And I, I thought to the Lord. I said, well, I said, that's great. I said, if, if, since it's only $2 million, that means all we got to raise is $2 million. <laughs> and I'd drive by and I thought, man, that's just, it's just too much for our season, too much for now. And all of a sudden, I'd, I'd drive by and it, my, my heart just began to shift. I said, God, are you trying to tell me that that's our building? And he said, yes. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I wasn't ready for a yes on that. <laughs> I, said, I said, I'll follow you anywhere you go. I said, but I don't want to lead your people astray. I said, if this is what you're telling me, I said, I'll go out there and tell them. He said, that's what I'm telling you. I said, okay, praise the Lord. So I went, I put a contract on the building, called some of my pastor friends, and they said, they said, Pastor Brian, I said, what? <laughs> I said, hey, how's it going? They said, they said, oh, pretty good. I said, hey man, God's given us a building. He said, really? He said, he said, great. I said, I said, I said, we're going we're gonna to move in in the fall, hopefully in September. This was about May. I said, really? I said, really? He said, awesome. He said, well, well how much money you got? I said, none. <laughs> he said, y'all think I'm joking. I'm serious. He goes, they're like, they're like, well, all right, well, here's what you do. Don't put a contract on it until you at least have 10%. I said, too late, got a contract. I said, well, look, I've been, in, I've been a preacher for 400 million years, okay? Here's the thing. Don't, don't tell your people, is what he told me. Don't tell your people in the summertime because everybody travels in the summers and churches decrease in the summer. I thought, that ain't how our church goes. Our church grows in the summer. He said, don't, do, he said, don't ever try to raise money in the summer. I said, oh, by the way, I got a contract and we're going to close in the summer. He goes, ain't no way you can do that. I said, I know God's going to do it. Because if the vision that you're carrying, you can complete it, that's probably not the vision God gave you. Because the vision he'll give you is more than you can ask or think, and you're going to need him to do it. So that was in our third year, and it just so happened that God gave me a word, and he said, tell the people it's time to arise and possess the land, and in September of that year, we closed on this property. Can you give God a big hand of praise for what He's doing in our church? The third day, in the third year, the third day, God divided the land. He created the land. He showed the land. The third year of New Heights Church, we began to possess the land. The fourth day, the Bible says that God created the stars, the sun, and the moon. The fourth year of our church, between 2015, September, and September 2016, God began to do some very, very powerful things. But in the fourth day, God created the sun, the moon, and the stars. And the sun, the moon, and the stars are great. The Bible says, the heavens declare the glory of God. He actually says that nobody has an excuse for not recognizing the grandeur of God. The heavens declare who He is. Have you ever seen a sunset? 
Have you ever seen a sunset in Maui? Praise the Lord. My wife's like, glory to God, preach that, Brian. The sun, the moon, and the stars. They all have a purpose. Somebody said purpose. Since the beginning of time, they've been used for navigation. They've been used on land and sea to get from where you are to where you're going. They will paint a picture for you if you will pay attention. The sun, the moon, and the stars have always been guiding lights. And it was in this season, it was in this year, our fourth year, we had gotten into this building. We were here. The building was completely run down. We had to renovate basically everything. Uh, we had to upgrade all kind of stuff. It was just a, it was a significant challenge. And our church was really starting to get some traction. And I remember the Lord spoke to me. And he said to me, he said, he said what is your church about? And I gave him an answer, real, real churchy. You know what I'm talking about? Real, real, real church sounding. Because I've been in church for 37 years. I said, oh, we're about, you know, getting people restored. And we are. We're about getting people redeemed. Praise God. We're about, you know, seeing people's lives rebuilt. We're about rescuing people from the clutches of death, hell, and the grave. We're about seeing people delivered. We're about seeing people changed. We're about seeing people healed. And I said all, those, all these things. And, and I felt the Lord say to me, that's all good. Then I, then, then I heard him say this. He said, I want you to go ask 10 people what New Heights Church is about. So I went, to, I didn't tell them what I was doing, but I went to 10 people that I trust that go to this church. And I said, hey, well, what's New Heights Church about to you? What's it about? First person said, man, it's about getting free. It's about being free in God, knowing who you are. Ask the next person, what's New Heights Church about to you? They said, it's about being healed. You know, I came to this church and I got healed. Ask the next person, what's New Heights Church like to you? It's about being restored. You know, it's just a place of restoration, Pastor. It's just so good. And every person gave me a phenomenal answer, but every person gave me a different answer. And I felt the Lord say to me, even if it is good visions, a multitude of vision will create division." He said, you need a vision. I said, Lord, I said, I get it. I said, I, I hear you. I'm about it. The Bible says, write the vision and make it plain. And so I said, Lord, I said, if this is what I need, only you can give it. I said, I'm incapable of doing things without you, but I can do all things with you. I said, Lord, what do you want from New Heights Church? And I, I heard him answer me right down deep in that place that only God can speak to. And he told me, he said, I want you to love people. And point them to Christ. And it was in that year that our vision became laser focused. Now, every person that comes to our church more than once can know it. Matter of fact, let's say it, let's all say it together. We exist to love people and point them to Christ. At this church, that is the filter and the lens that we look through. That is what we choose to do. It was a vision given by God. On the fourth day, the Bible says that he created the sun, moon, and the stars. Those are for navigation. In our fourth year, God gave us the navigating beacon of the vision of this house to love people and point them to Christ. 
the next year rolled around. That was year 4, 15, September 15 to September 16. The next year rolls around uh, year number 5, September 2016 to September 2017. The Bible says on the fifth day, God created the sea creatures, the fish, and the birds. And I thought, what does that have to do with us, Lord? And I felt the Lord say to me this. That's whenever I released you to go to depths you didn't think were possible and to go to heights you didn't think were possible. A fish can go to depths that you and I cannot go. A bird can soar to heights that you and I cannot go. And the Lord told me they're ready to go deeper. I remember very distinctly uh, in our first year of ministry, uh, we finished the, the first year, 2012-2013. We might have had 30 or 40 people coming to church, something like that. And, and I was thankful for every, and still am thankful for every single one. And I, I remember uh, one time I got done preaching, because if you want to know how I get my kicks, how I, what, what I really enjoy, I'll tell you what I really enjoy. I enjoy revelation knowledge. I enjoy things revealed. Like for a good time, I'll listen to a preacher chop up the Bible for a couple hours. Like that's what I enjoy. I want to know what's the Bible say. I want to know here it is what it says at face value. What does the original language says? What's, say? What's the context of it? Where did they just walk from? The Bible says a lot of times that they arrived at such and such. I want to know where they came from because I want to see what's revealed in the underlying data or the revealed nature of God that will tell us a thing. Can somebody say amen to that? That's what I like. So for me, uh, when, when we started the church, I mean, that's how I really preached. I, I would come up and I would probably give as many words in Hebrew and Greek as I was giving in English. Just because that's what I significantly enjoy. And I got done preaching one Sunday morning and I walked off the platform and I was really feeling good about the message that I just preached and the Lord could obviously tell it. So I'm, I'm, I'm on the platform and I walk off and I'm just thinking, boy, that was deep. I tell you what, that, that powerful revelation has probably never been given under God's beautiful sunlight. I just thank God for the revealing nature of the Holy Spirit and the power of His Word. I'm just thinking all this. I'm just enjoying it. And all of a sudden the Lord says to me, hey, 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 Brian. I said, yes, sir. Did you enjoy that? I said, <laughs> yeah, I guess it did. Lord, that was a pretty good one if I do say so myself. And he spoke back to me and he said, how are they going to use that tomorrow? And I realized in a flash, in an instant, the messages I was to deliver were not just designed for me to enjoy, even though I didn't know I was doing it quote unquote wrong I don't even know if it was wrong it was just God taking me to a different place but the Lord said I need them to be able to use my word and if you can't understand it you can't use it and I thought my God and he said look around I looked around our church was so young 75 to 80 percent of the people in our church were born again in our church they didn't know Daniel in the lion's den. And if you don't, stick around. We're going to teach you. They didn't know David in the slingshot. They didn't know the walls of Jericho falling. They didn't know any of this. And here I am talking about, you know, the different layers of the unseen realm in the Hebrew. 
And everybody's just looking at me like, okay, that's cool. And they were sensing something, the anointing, the presence, the manifested presence of God. But sometimes you just need to speak real plain so that people can understand it. And I immediately repented. And I said, Lord, I'll do however you want. And I began to put together illustrations and I'd bring uh, different things to look at. And I said, this is how simple this Bible is. This is how it makes sense. And all of a sudden, I started seeing the people who had come to God in our church, I started watching their life change. Because now they could take that part of the Word, consume it, and then actually put it into practice in their life. I never come up here on a Sunday morning that I don't try to give you something you can use tomorrow. I don't want to just have a place where people can shout and scream and say how good God is and go, whoa, we really felt the power of God. And then tomorrow morning go, now what are we supposed to do? The Word of God will change your very life. So that was in the very first year, but then we got to the fifth year. And this is where God, in the fifth day, God created the, the, the fish that could go to deep depths and the, the birds that could go to higher heights and I felt God tell me you can take them now I said I said what I said because here's the thing you don't ever want to follow somebody that hadn't been there I hate that somebody when you're going somewhere and, and, and you ask somebody for directions and they go yeah I can take you there and then you find out like halfway there they've never been and they're guessing too I hate that. You don't want to follow somebody that hadn't been there. And all of a sudden, God says, all right, all right, Brian, go ahead and go a little deeper. I want you to go a little deeper. I want you to go a little deeper. I want you to go a little higher. I want you to go a little deeper. I want you to go a little higher. Because there's a season for milk, but then there's a season for the meat of the word. I began to look around, and the people that came five years before were still there. And if a baby just drinks milk the rest of its life, the baby will be malnourished. So God said, I want you to take them to the deeper depths of the Word of God. I want you to show them that there are ways that you can get to. And those are the things, those are the things that can change your very life. When you don't just you don't just come to church, you actually pursue God. You pursue Him in the Word, you pursue Him in prayer, you pursue Him in your lifestyle. You stop doing some of the nonsense you used to do. You shift. In year five, 2016 to 2017, we began to go to deeper depths. And that rolled all the way into our sixth year. Somebody say six. Almost done. Stick with me. On the sixth day, Genesis 1.26, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let him have dominion. Somebody say dominion. Over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle. It's the sixth day. We're coming to the end of our sixth year. September 2017 to September 2018. Let them have dominion. Somebody say dominion. Over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing 
that creeps upon the earth. Interestingly enough, and I didn't even realize this until I was preaching the first service, Crystal and I bought some cattle this year. Isn't it funny how God just does stuff? Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth and over everything that creeps. That creeps upon the earth. Somebody say dominion. Somebody say dominion with authority. Dominion. God, in our sixth year, anointed and imparted onto this house a new mantle of dominion. Somebody say dominion. Dominion means authority. Dominion means you walk in a different level of understanding of who you actually are. Power and authority, though oftentimes coupled together, are very different. A Mack truck running 85 miles down the road has a lot of power. It's very difficult to stop. It can haul great loads. It's very powerful. But a police officer standing in the middle of the road with his hand up like this will cause all that power to stop because of the authority on the officer's life. The officer is in authority. In other words, he has dominion over the highway and what is on the highway is subject to the authority of the officer. Are you with me? 2017-2018 September... God put a mantle of dominion on this house. Somebody say dominion. Dominion. Come on, somebody say it again. Dominion. Dominion. God put a mantle of dominion on this house. The problem is, the only way you know you walk in authority is it has to be tested and tried. Some of the stuff you're going through has been allowed by God to verify that you actually walk in dominion. Some of the stuff you're going through has been allowed by God to show the devil that you are actually in authority in the situation when you use the name of Jesus Christ. Dominion. The only way to know that you really walk in it is there needs to be some proof in the pudding. Somebody say amen. Amen. December 2017. My wife and I were out and about getting some coffee. We're about to go take a bunch of money to some people because we love blessing people. And while we were out, we got a phone call. It was the phone call that a parent should never hear or receive. It's a phone call with a bad report with one of your children. I have two daughters, one son. My son is now nine. He was eight at the time. We got the phone call and the, the, the person on the other line says, I hate to tell you this. But something bad has happened or is happening with your son and we don't know what it is. I said, what do you mean? They said, he, he's, he can't see. I said, what do you mean he can't see? He said, he can't see a thing. Total darkness. Now, an hour before we had seen him and he was just our little happy boy. I said, put him on the phone, please. Put him on the phone. He said, hey, buddy, how's it going? He said, oh, daddy, I'm sorry, but I can't see a thing. I said, really? I could hear the angst in his voice. I said, you don't worry about it. I said, you're going to see fine here in just a minute. I'll come pick you up right now. We drove, picked him up, prayed, 
Believe in God. We drive to the nearest clinic, get to the nearest clinic, walk in, they look at it. They said, Sir, we're not going to charge you a thing. Something very significant is happening right this second in your son's body. You need to have him at a hospital in an emergency room immediately. So we can't do nothing for him here. I said, okay, praise the Lord. Walked out, picked him up, put him in the car. He can't find the seatbelt in the car that he sits in every single day because he can't see a thing. Blind. Darkness. Shut the door. Crystal and I were standing in the parking lot of that clinic. I said, baby, we need to pray because I need to hear from God. We need to hear from God right now. I don't even know where to take him. My youngest child is seven. None of my children have ever even been to an emergency room because the hand of God is on my family that strong. I said, I said, we need to hear from God right now. I said, let's pray. We pray. I said, God, we need to hear from you. What do we do with our son? We know you're going to heal him. We know you're healing him right now. We know he's healed. But if you want to work through a doctor or whatever, you know, where do we take him? stopped, got quiet for a minute, trying to hear that still small voice. I didn't hear anything. So I said to Crystal, I said, did you hear anything? Did did God speak to you? She said, I didn't hear anything. I said, you never could hear from God. (laughs) I didn't really say that. I said, okay, well, let's go. We get in the car. We're driving to the nearest hospital. It's not far. I said, okay, we're just going to go to the hospital. I don't know what to do. But having done all to do, that's when you stand. So you do everything you can think of, then you stand. We're driving to the hospital. My son's blind. I told my daughters, who are full of faith and love, but I told them, I said, babies, I said, listen to daddy now. I said, you're not allowed to say a word right now. Don't say one word in this car. The reason is, is because the only thing that was going to go into my son's ears was faith they wouldn't have said anything intentionally but the only thing that he was going to hear was faith so we're driving I said baby you're going to see fine in just a minute don't you worry about a thing you're going to be fine yes sir he's squinting and looking trying to see something I can see him holding his hand like this trying to find his hand we're just parents you know we're driving all of a sudden that still small voice begins to speak to me and remind me of a doctor that we have a phenomenal relationship with I said, baby, I said, I think the Lord's directing me. Call this doctor's office. It's 4 o'clock on a Friday. Call the doctor's office. And they said, we close at 5 o'clock, but if you can get here, or excuse me, 5.30, but if you can get here before, before then, we'll see him. It's okay. It's an hour and 15 minutes away, and we got to stop and get gas. It's 4 o'clock. I said, let's go. I said, we begin to drive. We're driving. My son is, is sitting in his seat in the back seat. I said, I said, hey, can you see that tree over there? Can you see that sign? I'm sorry, Dad. I'm really trying to see it. It's okay. I said, look, don't, don't worry about it, man. I could tell he was starting to get a little concerned. I said, won't you just shut your eyes and rest? I said, I said you're going to get your vision back here in just a minute. It's not going to be a problem at all. Turn the radio on or, or turn the stereo on to worship music. We're just singing. I don't know what else to do, so I'm singing. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. 
There is no shadow of turning with thee. All I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness to walk early. phone rings, it's my father. We talk every day, so it's not uncommon for him to call. Hey, Brian, what's up? I said, Dad, I don't have time to talk. I love you. I said, but something's happening. Walker can't see a thing. So we're on the way to the doctor, over in such and such. He said, the devil's a liar. I said, I know. I know. I'm on the way there. He said, I'm on my way. Hung up the phone. We stopped at the gas station. Walker had to use the restroom. It's one thing. Having a matter of moments have your son go back from being completely capable to having to be cared for like an infant walked out went to gas up the car said crystal baby I said can you come out the car with me please yeah started the gas pump Go to the back of the car. I said, baby, I said, I need you to listen to me now. She's full of faith. I said, I'm in complete authority here. Because Jesus gave us his name. I said, I'm in complete authority. I said, the only thing that will happen with our son, the only thing that will happen with any of our children is what I say. And the only thing that I will say is what that Bible says. I said, he'll be healed. He'll have 20-20 vision. He won't have a single uh, uh, symptom that lingers. I said, all of our children will live out their life after giving us many grandchildren. I said, that's what will happen in our life. I said, and when we walk in that doctor's office, no matter what comes out of their mouth, we're going to be respectful. We're going to appreciate their hypotheses. We're going to appreciate their wisdom. We're going to appreciate their vast knowledge and understanding and even what they might discover in the natural but the only thing that's going to happen is our children will live out the days of their life totally healed and totally set free by God she said that's right we hugged back in the car we drove the short distance now to the doctor's office and I walked my son in as if I'm a hula hoop because he can't He can't see the curbs. He can't see where the door is. He can't see anything. I said, can you step on that scale? The scale was about two feet in front of him and he was trying to find it. I placed him on it. He took his temperature. (laughs) They took him in that room. 
And I didn't feel faith. And I didn't feel strong. I just felt the pain of my son. Crystal and I were there. The nurse comes in and the nurse is going, okay, tell me about this, tell me about that. And finally, after a couple minutes, I said, ma'am, I said, I don't want to be disrespectful. I said, but I think this may be an urgent matter. I said, a couple of hours ago, he could see fine, and now he can't see my hand in front of his face. I said, Walker, I said, how many fingers am I holding up? And he looked, but he didn't look towards my hand. He said, I'm sorry, Daddy, I can't see your hand. The nurse grabs her things and shuffles out of the room. Doctor comes in, says, what's going on? Tell him the same thing. Very nice, very nice people, full of faith. He said, well, we have a very significant event happening now. When you start running tests immediately, I said, test away. I said, spare no expense. Walk out. I said, I want to test him for diabetes. I want to test him for all this other stuff. I said, okay. We're sitting there. Seems like hours have gone by, but it probably wasn't. Crystal has to go out and check on the kids because you know, we weren't planning on being where we were. The kids were in the car. The other kids, our one-month-old puppy was in the car. But he's a Jack Russell, so he's super calm. He's a little lap dog. There's me and Walker sitting there. I didn't feel brave. I didn't feel dominion. The Bible says we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. I said, Walker Lee, he said, yes, sir. I said, Jesus is about to heal your eyes. He said, yes, sir. I stood up, I said, close your eyes, baby. I put my hand on his eyes, put my other hand on the back of his head. I said, Walker Lee, I'm going to speak to your body now. He said, yes, sir. I said, body? I said, I made you. You do not have a say in the matter. I'm in total authority now. Total authority. Because of the name of Jesus Christ. That's what I'm saying. I said, you don't have a say in the matter. I said that because I'm from East Texas and that's how we talk when we're serious. I said, eyeballs... You listen to me. The only thing that will happen in this room is you will open. You will be clear and Walker will have perfect vision this very instant. I command it to be so. I will accept nothing else in the name of Jesus Christ. Lights didn't flicker. I didn't smell oil. My hand didn't shake. I didn't feel warmth go through my body. But because this is how I'd seen it done before, I moved my hand away real dramatically. In the name of Jesus. And I said, Walker, can you see? He said, bears. I said, my God, we're in the spirit world. (laughs) He said, bears, daddy. I said, bears? He said, look, and he pointed at the picture on the wall, a picture of teddy bears. 
I said, baby boy, can you see those bears? He said, I see them. I said, are they clear or blurry? He said, they're real blurry. He's just blinking his eyes. I said, baby boy, shut your eyes again. He shuts his eyes and put my hands back on his eyes. I said, now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the same God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above more than we can ask or think, I thank you in the name of Jesus for beginning this thing. But you're not just the author of my faith. You're the finisher of my faith. You're just not the alpha. You're the alpha and the omega. I command 2020 spotless, perfect vision to come into your body right this very second in Jesus' mighty name I moved my hand and the healing power of God filled that doctor's office and my son said daddy I see bears that one's a doctor that one's a nurse that's a magazine that's a light switch he said daddy I said what he said Jesus healed my eyes talking about dominion year six the only way you know you got dominion is when it's tested I wish somebody would start pushing back at the devil when the devil starts pushing you you have an authority that you may have never tapped into it never feels like the right moment but any moment when your back is against the wall is the right moment He didn't give you the name of Jesus so we can put it on t-shirts and smile about it. He didn't hang on that cross just so we can hang it around our necks. He purchased your healing with the stripes on His back. Talking about dominion. Talking about authority. I said, my God, we walk out of that room. He's healed. The doctor walks in. Said, what's going on? I said, well, doctor. I said, I don't know how to say it. But what I can say it is like this. He was blind, but now he can see. The doctor said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to run every single test you can think of. Find a problem with my son. Remember how God said when the devil came, said, oh, I've just been going around to and fro seeking whom I can destroy. God said, have you considered my servant Job? The reason he said that is because he knew before it was over, Job was going to give him two black eyes. I said, I want every single test imaginable. Blood, neurological, everything. They're running through test after test after test after test after test. I said, what else can we do? So the only thing I could think of was send him to an ophthalmologist, a specialist. Tell him what happened. Let him look at it. I said, okay, send him on. On Monday, we go to the ophthalmologist. Walk into the room. There's somebody in the waiting room that we know that's a believer. They said, they said, hey, you here to verify Walker got healed? I said, I'm here to verify Walker got healed. Praise the Lord. We go walking back there. The boy's faint. She's walking by everybody. They said, that's the boy that got healed. That's the boy that got healed. That's the boy that got healed. We go back in the doctor's office. They look at him, find everything. They, they, said, they said, listen, they said, can I talk to you privately? I said, please talk to me privately. Praise the Lord. Walker Lee goes outside and waits. He said, sir, I don't know what was wrong with your son. And I'm kind of scratching my head about it. I'm not sure exactly what happened. But all I can tell you is I've never seen two eyes on a little boy more healthy than the eyes that are in your son's head. Your son has perfect 20-20 vision. 
I said, praise the Lord. Backtrack to Friday. We walk out. There's my parents. Dad said, what's going on? I said, well, he was blind, but now he can see. So we said, what are we supposed to do? Because we're supposed to be in an ambulance going to Texas Children's Hospital. So instead, we went and ate, milksh- went and ate cheeseburgers and drank milkshakes. Because the devil's a liar. We're sitting there, and I said, Walker Lee, son. I said, when Jesus healed your eyes, he said, yes, sir. I said, what did it feel like? He said, I don't want to sound silly. I said, you always sound silly. He said, I don't want to sound silly. I said, you won't sound silly. What is it, baby? I said, when Jesus healed your eyes, what did it feel like? Most powerful miracle I've ever seen. I said, what did it feel like? He said, I don't want to sound silly. I said, tell me what it felt like. He said, I don't want to sound silly. I said, tell me what it felt like. He said, daddy. It felt like somebody spit in my eyes. Have you read your Bible? He said, but not just in my eyes. It was like it went through my eyes and it just washed everything out. I said, my God in heaven. The next day, that night, we're home. Told Crystal. I said, we're giving thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars we weren't planning on. I said, are you okay with that? She said, I'm okay with that. I said, because we're going to thank God for what he's done for our son. The next morning, we wake up. Crystal's been telling me for years, go buy you a nice car. I don't want a nice car. I got a pickup truck. I like my pickup truck. She said, go get a nice car. She said, you're a man of God. Go get a nice car. She said, you could buy 20 of them. Just go buy you a nice car. I said, I don't want a nice car. I want to drive my pickup truck. I like my pickup truck. Praise the Lord. She said, you drive these men of God around in your pickup truck. And she said, sometimes it stinks like old socks. Because I coach my son's team, so all their stuff gets in there. It's just whatever. The next morning, we woke up. I started thinking about it. I said, I said, baby, I said, the devil wanted us to be picking out a CNI dog today. The devil wanted us to be going in size and walk her up for how long should the stick be that he's supposed to carry around and tap on the ground for the rest of his life. I said, the devil wanted us to be trying to figure out what hospital, what, what hotel was closest to Texas Children's Hospital. The devil wanted us to try to figure out uh, uh, where we're supposed to stay and how we're supposed to keep everything else going while our son is undergoing treatment trying to figure out this crazy condition that had somehow tried to jump on his body. I said, I just believe the devil's a liar and I believe we ought to outlandishly give to the house of God and I also think we just ought to go buy that car today. She said, you want to go buy that car? I said, let's go buy that car. Went and bought me a big old bad car. Come to church on Sunday morning. Walked in. I figured I wouldn't going to preach long because I want to tell what God did. Stand right up here. I tell the story I just told you. It's our sixth year. This is when dominion hit. But you only know you have dominion when it's been tested and tried. In our sixth year, I stand right here. I began to decree and declare exactly what happened. Even showed the video of it happening. And all of a sudden, miracles began to break out in this house. All of a sudden, diabetes got healed almost 100%. If you're struggling with diabetes, God is a miracle-working God in your very body. People had tumors that disappeared during service. People had deaf ears on video. Deaf ears open, pow, two, three months, just miracles. Because God put a mantle of dominion on this house. This was our sixth year, 17 to 18. It surmises today because the same way God sees time, 
He said, from the evening to the morning. In other words, the six-year anniversary, just like your kids, that's the end of the sixth year and the beginning of the seventh year. Tomorrow is the first day of the seventh year of our church. Some of you came to church on the right day because we're about to cross over into some things that we've never experienced. Genesis 2, thus the heavens and earth are finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, somebody say seven. On the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work. And God blessed, somebody say blessed. God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, made it whole. Because he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. I came here this morning to stand on this platform to hold this microphone and declare a thing to you. To declare a thing to you that those who have been with us from the beginning, I thank God for you. Those who got here as quick as you can, I thank God for you. But this church is crossing over into a brand new season, a brand new time, a brand new dispensation, if you will. We are crossing over into another year, a different thing. A new thing is coming on this house. And I came here to decree and declare to you a year of rest and blessing. Many of you, if I asked you to come to the front, you'd come right now that you have been struggling. You have felt pressure on every side. That's because it's always darkest right before morning. Do you remember Paul and Silas were in the prison and it was the midnight hour when God began to shake the thing and open the doors up? Sometimes you got to get to the darkest place and that's when God decides to bring the light. Some of you have been going through some stuff, the la- even the last couple of months. The people that, that, are, that are close to me, they know. The things that my family have had to go through the last couple months, the attack of the enemy, the stuff coming from the outside, constantly berating and barraging, just boom, 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 constantly. And now all of a sudden I get it. It's because we're coming out of a thing and we're about to cross over into a season of rest and blessing. I already see the light breaking over the horizon. See, sunrise happens at a certain time. But those who are looking, they can see the light coming. I see the light coming. I see the rest coming. I see the blessing coming on your house. I see it coming on your business. I see it coming on your children. I see it coming on your household. I see it coming on your grandchildren. I see it coming on your doctor's report. Somebody's about to have a change hit. And it's going to be a year of rest and blessing. And I don't mean you're not going to do anything. It's not that kind of rest. It's the kind of rest where you accomplish more, but you still walk in peace. It's the kind of rest where you do more, but you still walk in peace. It's the kind of rest where you have more opposition, but you also have more victory. Rest. And blessing. Let's say that together. Rest and blessing. I see the light breaking over the horizon. Blessings and favor about to chase you down. Many of you have been saying, God, when, God, when, God says now. The difference is, and the catch, if you will, is you're going to have to choose how far you want to go in this thing. Because God's about to take some people, those who are willing to go, and it doesn't take everybody. But God's about to take people further than they could have ever imagined. 
Who's he willing to take? The Bible says, come unto me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It, it may not be everybody. It may not be everybody you know. Your family might not understand it. By the time the end of December gets here and you're more blessed than you've ever been in your whole life, the family's not even going to understand it. But they don't know what you went through. They don't know what you had to endure. They don't know what you wrapped your faith around and held on and refused. They don't know what that divorce really looked like because you chose to be honorable in the situation. They don't know what that custody battle really looked like because you chose to be honorable in the situation. They don't know what that business really looked like because all they see is the blessed you. They didn't see the 18, 20 hour a day you. God's bringing you into a season of rest and blessing. And I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that New Heights Conference is timed perfectly because these men of God are going to come into this place and they're going to speak a word into your fertile soil of a spirit. And all of a sudden that seed of the word of God is going to begin to take root. You're going to get an idea. You're going to get a thought. You're going to get a promise. You're going to lay hold to it. And all your life will be different because you've come into a season of rest and blessing. can't tell you what this means to me. All I can tell you is we're not turning it down, we're turning it up. I can't tell you what this means to me from the inside. I can't tell you what it means to me when I see God do something in your life. When He takes you and shifts you I have a dozen families in my mind right now that I've known for several years now. And just the, 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 where your family is now compared to where your, your family was then, the only thing that can do that is God. The only thing that can move you is the power of God himself. You can't change yourself. If you could, you already would have. But there's a shift coming in this place when all of a sudden the lost, the hurting, the dying will see a place of rest and blessing and they will be drawn like moths to a hot flame. When things shift in your life so stringent and strongly that you can't even talk the same. You can't walk the same. You can't think the same. Many of you won't even dress the same. Shifting into a season of rest and blessing. One that changes the very makeup of who you are. I didn't come to College Station just like this. God made me this way through moments of glory to glory to glory. And many of you are shifting even right now. Many of you are shifting. I feel, I feel your hearts burn. With a new thing, a new power, a new touch, a new faith level, a new trust. A new level of peace. A new level of anointing. A season of rest. A season of dominion. A season of power. 
Maybe some of you have never seen the power of God. I've lived long enough and been in the right environment a few times, several, to see God move in a way where everybody has changed. There's days coming. It will begin in this house, but it won't stay in this house. If you haven't joined a life group, God help me get in a life group. Get around people that are full of faith. Then your low moment can speak life to you and your good moment can celebrate with you. But the moments of peace, they're upon us, but they won't look like what you thought because we're still going to be taking ground. We're still going to be moving forward. Many of you, you've crossed over into the more mature years of your life and the revival that you have prayed for is on the very precipice of this moment. You prayed that many would rise up. I'm here to tell you the young people are rising up. They're rising up in this region. They're rising up in this state. They're rising up in this area. They're rising up in this nation. And we're coming into a year in this very church of rest and blessing. The children of New Heights kids are growing in strength and stature. Many of them have been there for six years. I would trust their soul winning abilities over many of the adults that I know. Because of the passion and the fervor and the love of Jesus Christ that exudes out of them. One little boy sent a message to the church this week. He had a picture holding up his little backpack. When they come, we give them a gift bag. We thank them for coming. Tell them we love them. They get a card in the mail, tells them, we're so glad you came to church. Jesus loves you, baby, so much. Two days later, they get a gift in the mail from New Heights Church. Typically, it's a little backpack. He held the backpack up and began to run around his house. And he said, Mama, Mama, my church loves me. This is the same little boy that she couldn't get to come to church. And she talked him into it one time at New Heights. He said, Mama, the church loves me. My church loves me. He's holding up the picture. His older brother said, where's my backpack? He looked at him and said, you slept in. (laughs) We're coming into a season of rest and blessing. And I came here today to decree and declare over your ears and into your spirit that at 12.01, October 1st, the beginning of our first of our seventh year, you're crossing over. So what do I do, preacher? Get your expectation up. Start walking in that dominion that God's placed in and on you. Get down into the depths of the Word of God. Stop playing pity pad and follow after the vision. Love people and point them to Christ. Rise up and be a part of this house 
as we not only just possess this land, but we possess more land. Understand that there's a separation from the world and the kingdom. That doesn't mean we don't go win the world, but it does mean we don't talk the way we used to talk. We don't walk the way we used to walk. Jesus didn't die for our sins so we could go roll in the mud with the pigs. The devil is a liar. You roll in the mud with the pig, two things will happen. You'll get filthy and the pig enjoys it. You say, I don't understand, preacher. It only takes a spark. One little attempted light. And God will begin to do all of these things in your life. You'll begin to see it overtake your children and your children's children. You'll begin to see it overtake your husband or your wife. You'll begin to see it overtake all your family members that you love, your friends. They'll begin to say, what is it about you? You say, I've come into a season of rest and blessing. How do I get into that season? You've got to link up with God. You're going to have an opportunity to bring all those loved ones to this place. And I promise you before God, I will preach the gospel to the very best of my ability to my dying breath. I will tell them how much Jesus loves them. Our first touch team will feverishly and fiendishly love them and point them to Christ. We will not turn people away. We will not make the gospel hard to hear or hard to receive. We will not make people feel less than when they walk in here with liquor on their breath. We will not make people feel less than when they walk in here and they've been divorced 700 times. I don't care how many times. We will not make people feel less than whenever they're Uh, society has told them that they don't fit in. The devil is a liar. You fit into the kingdom. I'm going to pray a special prayer over each one of us in just a moment before we do. I want to give you a call to salvation. With every head bowed, please, and every eye closed. If you're in this building now, or you're watching online, you're in the overflow, and you're not right with God, What that means is Jesus is not Lord of your life. Maybe you would say this. You would say, I used to walk strong with God, but I'm backslidden. I'm like the prodigal son. I used to know him. I used to know him, but something happened and I've fallen away. If you fall into any one of those two categories, you say, I don't know Jesus, or you say it differently. You say, I used to know him. I need to get my life right today. When I count to three, I want you to lift your hand tall and bold. Nobody's looking around. I would never want to embarrass you. I already see hands going up. I would never want to embarrass you. But if that's you and you say, I want to give my life to Jesus today for the first time or the first time in a long time, I know I need to do that. When I count to three, I want their hands all over already. You say, I know I need to give my life to Jesus for the first time or the first time in a long time. When I count to three, I want you to lift your hand tall and bold. And the same God that saved me will save you. One, two, three, lift your hands. Hold them up high, hold them up high. See that hand, I 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 see that hand. You're never too young, you're never too old. see that hand young man God bless you
It's a new season in your life. I see that hand bless you. Is anyone else we're about to pray? Lift it now. If you lifted your hand or you wanted to, pray this prayer after me. Matter of fact, church, help us pray. Say this. Say, oh God, I come to you now and ask you to save me. Write my name in your book. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead for my victory. I turn from sin and I turn to you. I'm a Christian now on my way to heaven in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Give God a big hand of praise. For those of you who said yes to Jesus today, we'd love to hear about it. Stop by the light wall. Let us know. We'll put some resources in your hand. Uh, Also, if you're here today and you've never joined our church, let me just tell you something. The Bible says those that are planted, everybody say planted. Those that are planted in the house of God will flourish in His courts. We're going to pray in just a minute over every person about coming into this season and this year of rest and blessing. But if you're here today, you've never joined our church. Maybe you've been coming for weeks or months. Maybe it's your first time, but you know it. You know this is the house for you. I would never want to embarrass you. I would never do that. I'm not going to put a microphone in your face. I'm not going to call you to the front. It's not a 12-step you know, program to join our church. It starts with a declaration of Where you say, man, this is the house for me. I sense the Spirit of God here. I sense the power of God. I I know that the hand of God is on this place. The Bible says when you partner with us, every grace that's on this house comes on your house. Especially those who are being born again today. But if you're here today, you've never joined our church. In just a moment, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that. Uh, But it's a bold declaration of faith came on the correct day because we are shifting over into a new thing, to a new season. Can we all stand to our feet real quick? We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.